0: I am especially thrilled to introduce to you our next guest. He's a friend and longtime supporter of Canada 2020 and an internationally recognized Canadian economist, public policy leader, sustainability advocate, and author. He's the former governor of the Bank of Canada and the Bank of England, and now wears many hats, including as the United Nations Special Envoy for Climate, Action, and Finance, as well as, very fortunately for us, chair of Canada 2020's advisory board. Please join me in giving a very warm welcome to Mark Carney. Thank you. Uh, thanks very much, Braden. Um, I see, I can be, admit to being an economist. I was in, uh, Aaron's excellent presentation yesterday about, uh, we're all Keynesians now, and, uh, I was afraid of being outed, uh, in, in that session. Um, look, uh, let me start by, uh, actually thanking, uh, the man who introduced me, uh, Braden and, uh, Anna Ganey and everyone associated with Canada 2020. Uh, I just sit on top of an advisory board, take credit for all the things they do. So I'm about to say what an amazing event. That we've put together at Canada 2020, but really them. Uh, I want to thank Johan uh, and Patrick uh, and the Tony Blair uh, Institute. And I know one of my uh, roles here is to finish uh, in time, so we can hear from the man uh, himself. Now, I, what I'd like to do is to spend a few minutes talking about how we can build, and that's going to be a theme: how we can build for our kids, for our communities, and our countries, and You know, it's always good to start with the uh, assessment—an honest assessment of where we are. Um, And so, in the language of meetings, meetings like this, um, I'd say we're at a at a hinge moment in history. That hinge has been sprung by a series of crises: uh, crisis in finance, crisis in health, crisis in energy, crisis in geopolitics. And as a consequence of that, and it's been a theme throughout the discussions, theme in the polling. Uh, we're living through uh, an age of insecurity. But it's a time still when there's uh, everything uh, to play for. But as we all know, that's the sort of high level, but as we all know and as we all feel, it's much, much more visceral than that. Les gens s'inquiètent de leur salaire. Ils travaillent toujours plus fort, toujours plus longtemps, mais l'inflation fait en sorte qu'ils perdent et non gagnent de terrain. Les gens sont préoccupés par le coût coût de logement que ce soit à cause de l'augmentation fulgurante des loyers ou de la forte hausse des prix hypothécaires. Et si vous êtes jeune, si vous n'avez pas de logement, la promesse d'en trouver un semble d'éloigner jour par jour. Et les gens s'inquiètent de leurs enfants et de leurs avenirs. The point is, we're all anxious. People are worried about their wages because after inflation, they're falling behind, not getting ahead. It's 15 years and counting in the United Kingdom since average take-home pay has increased in real terms. People are worried about affording their homes due to skyrocketing mortgages, rents, house prices. They're worried about their kids and they're worried about their futures. The pandemic left scars on mental health and shortchanged educations. They're worried that rampant technological change will replace jobs. And they worry we've done too little to arrest the mother of all anxieties, the climate crisis, making it the defining issue for those who should be entering the prime of their lives. And finally, people are worried about their identities. Following the divisiveness of the pandemic, and let's admit it, our hyper-targeted modern politics, people wonder what binds us together, what common responsibilities accompany universal rights, and what are we trying to accomplish together. On doit trouver une façon d'aider les gens à regagner confiance en l'avenir. Il faut d'abord regarder les faits en face. Il faut avoir un plan pour remédier nos défis. Il faut obtenir des résultats concrets, des résultats tangibles. Lorsque les gens croient que le meilleur reste à venir et lorsque Cette conviction est ancrée dans les faits. Tout est possible. En effet, bâtir l'avenir doit être la mission au cœur du projet progressiste. Now, I am an optimist, and I believe deeply that we can solve these problems and the others that will inevitably come our way. But I'm also a realist. And I know that hope must be grounded in a hard-headed reading of the facts. It can only be justified by plans that address our challenges. Hope can only be validated by tangible successes. And above all, hope should be replaced by an expectation of continued progress. When we build hope, When we build that expectation, anything is possible. And that's our calling, to build. Progressives build things that last. Healthcare, infrastructure, schools, opportunity, sustainability, and prosperity. Now others, and there are others, have a different model. They're in the demolition business. Far-right populists see anxiety, The anxiety of today as an opportunity to stoke the anger that's necessary for their project. For years, the rallying cry of the Brexiteers was broken Britain. But their solution, to take back control, ended up code for tear down the future. Our American friends will remember that Donald Trump said only he could fix, I quote, American carnage that he cited in his inauguration address, that he then ushered in just before President Biden took office, and that he's still fomenting today. Right now, here in Canada, we have a right-wing populist claiming that Canada is broken. When politicians proclaim that our great democracies are broken, it's not because they want to fix them. It's because they want a license to demolish. It's a model and it's a repeated model that uses a constraint to quote, starve the beast of government in the misguided view that slashing leads to growing. Starving the beast was the reflexive response of Pierre Polyev to COVID. He saw a humanitarian catastrophe as another chance to cut taxes and spending. And it's this Pavlovian reaction of extreme conservatives to every problem. It's grounded in a basic misunderstanding of what drives economies. It meant that when Brexiteers tried to create Singapore on the Thames, the trust government instead delivered Argentina on the channel. Those, and that was a year ago. Those with little experience in the private sector, lifelong politicians masquerading as free marketeers grossly undervalue the importance of mission, of institutions, and of discipline to a strong economy. And the bad news is that while these tactics never work economically, they can work politically. Brexit happened, Donald Trump was elected. So we can't dismiss the impact of anger but we must resist its power. And for me, doing that starts with progressives taking control of the economic agenda and making it everyone's. Prosperity is not trickle-down, but neither is it top-down. Instead, strong, inclusive, and sustainable growth is everything, everywhere, all at once. If you remember anything from what I say today, may it be this, we need to build, not as a government, but as a people. La croissance forte, inclusive et soutenue doit se faire tout, partout, tout à la fois. C'est nous de bâtir l'avenir, pas entendre que gouvernement, mais bien entendre que citoyenne. To build so we're all better off, we must start with shared missions affordable housing, universal health care, education for all, and a clean economy for the jobs that it will create today and the better future it will secure tomorrow. And to achieve truly shared prosperity, we need to build in ways that reinforce our common values, in ways that re- recognize responsibilities as well as rights. And which ensure that the dynamism and the energy of the market is accompanied by our solidarity with one another. Now, I've worked at the center of markets all my life, both in the private sector and as a public servant. And I know from that experience that they're the most powerful instrument we've ever created and their dynamism, their energy can be harnessed to great purpose. But I also know from that experience, that markets are indifferent to human suffering and they can be blind to our greatest needs. And that's why politicians who worship the market deliver policies that can hurt people and those who default to laissez-faire can leave us unprepared for the future. Put simply, markets don't have values, people do, and our job is to close the gap between what we value as a people and what the market prices. To do so, we need plans to turn those challenges into opportunities, anxieties into hope. Indeed, if I've learned anything during my years of managing crises, it's the plan beats no plan. So in a global economy, where our energy system, the global economy itself, intelligence even, are all being rewired, there are forces that will deepen our divisions if those forces are ignored. But if they're channeled, they are forces that can benefit everybody. So we need to focus technology on improving the quality of existing jobs, on enabling workers to build their skills and to help them unleash their creativity. And that will require comprehensive tax reforms in most of our economies to favor skills development and business investment. It means bold new approaches in all our economies, bold new approaches so that our colleges and universities provide mid-career training for everyone. And I mean, everyone who wants it. And it means truly open banking that brings competition to the heart of finance and access to capital, to people and businesses all across our economies. In short, we need a plan to become digital by design rather than drifting to digital by default. And to manage an unprecedented transition in energy, in fact, in all industry, governments, business, and finance should all have net zero transition plans. They should assess their progress regularly and act quickly to close any gaps. A few years ago, Janet Yellen and I did some research, and it showed that credible climate policies could create a virtuous circle of increased investment, greater decarbonization, more jobs, faster growth. And it's this dynamic, that, thanks to uh, Franz Timmerman, you're going to hear from um, Janet as part of the U.S. administration, uh, the current government in Canada, it's this dynamic that is starting to operate. And with this dynamic starting to operate, starting to create that investment, those jobs, the prospect of that faster growth, and the broader objective of decarbonization, that's why the climate policy debate should be about a competition of ideas and policies, not a denial of purpose. So if a politician wants to repeal a measure, rip one out, they should replace it with something that's more effective. And that goes to discipline. Now, I know this is somewhat controversial ground for some of you, but I'm going to make a case for good old fashioned fiscal discipline some believed actually many believed until very recently that the basic laws of economics uh, were relics of the past inflation had died in the 1990s interest rates were going to be permanently low government spending had no downside well that was wishful and in fact dangerous thinking nothing even far-right populist politicians can demolish our efforts more quickly than a fiscal crisis and the market reaction to the trust budget underscored the tough new macroeconomic environment. Sound money, credible policies will be rewarded, mistakes will be punished. No government, no government will be exempt. And more fundamentally, look, if people no longer believe that we care about their money to spend it wisely, then we've done the far right's work for them. So let me put this in context. The scale of the investments in the digital and sustainable engines of our future the scale of that investment is absolutely enormous. It's two, probably three percentage points of additional investments, percentage points of GDP of additional investments every year for decades. And this is at a time when government spending is already near record highs across our economies. So yes, we need to discipline spending. We need to use a golden rule to distinguish between investments in our future and operating expenditures for the present. And we should assess, for example, in climate, all policies for carbon value for money. Our progressive goals are not about inputs or spending, but they're about outputs and impact. To drive jobs and growth, spending discipline must be matched by strategic investments, smart regulations so our regulators take into account the broader missions we have, and execution that delivers fair outcomes. And we need to use our limited public resources to maximum effect to unlock private investment so that market value supports our values. And this is the program of the radical center, not laissez faire, but also not faire tout. Instead, agir pour catalyser le progrès partout. So this the solutions to our problems. We know they're complex. It's why we have to get together and discuss them and do the research. But our most important goals, and we heard some of this in the opening panel this morning, our most important goals are straightforward. They're fundamental. The results that matter, jobs, better incomes, and affordable homes should be at the center of all our efforts because that's how we'll be judged and justifiably so. And that means, for example, the near-term impacts of climate policies on jobs and growth will determine whether we can achieve our medium-term imperatives for climate action. We need to build up before we shut down, create the new jobs of the future so people can choose to leave the jobs of the past. J'aimerais donc de nous poser les bonnes questions lorsqu'on explore différentes pistes de solutions. Demandons-nous, est-ce que ça promet de calmer ou d'alimenter les inquiétudes deja Est-ce que ça leur redonnera espoir? Est-ce que ça mènera à des résultats tangibles, des progrès concrets? As we think about solutions to our problems, ask basic questions. Will this help or hinder economic progress for people ease their anxieties, build their hopes. Will it generate the results that matter to them? And our responses couldn't be more vital. If people can't get good answers from us, they'll take bad ones from others. This group and what you represent have solved big problems in the past. Very confident you'll solve the problems of the present and bigger ones in the future. So stay hopeful. Be confident, build baby, build. Build something that matters to everyone. Thank you very much.